welcome back to The Haunting Podcast. I'm your host, Tegan. And I'm your other host, Jordan. So, an unknown fact about us, Jordan, we love Oregon. We love Oregon very, very much. I used to live there for a brief time, and uh, one of the best places I've ever lived, I say. Uh, yeah, it was really fun. I remember when I went to go visit you down in Portland, and it was it was just a grand old time. Uh, we had a lot of fun. We did a, a lot of hiking. A lot of hiking. You got mad at me because you thought I was trying to, like, you know, unalive well, myself. Well, we were in the middle of the woods, and we had only really just started dating, and you're jumping on all the rocks, losing your footing. So, yeah, I was a little concerned. You know. No one would have believed me. I'm just... It's, it was just a fun time. That's all I'm saying. So fun, I guess. So naturally, I thought that we had to take a little trip down to Oregon and uh, read a few ghost stories. Yeah, see what's haunting that place. Oh, and it is haunted. It was actually kind of hard to choose what I wanted to do. In kind of my research of doing it, I ran across the uh, Shanghai Tunnels. And it's something that I uh, I really had never heard of. I really had never like done a lot of research on because of that. So it was it was a fun thing. So for those of you who do not know what the Shanghai Tunnels are, they were originally known as the Old Portland Underground. Uh, they were a series of tunnels that went through really just kind of good part of Oregon and oh yeah, very little, very you famous know, stuff. Yeah, I, I knew about it before I even moved about or- moved I, to Oregon. Really. You know, I don't know why. I, I, I know why I didn't know about it. I just didn't. But yeah, so it, it's just this like intense underground tunnel system. It's very windy and weavy. It's kind of like the catacombs in France. Right. What it was originally for was to take shipments from ships and allow them to like beat traffic, basically. So they'd have these underground systems that led to like bars and um, restaurants and just all the places that were around town. And it was up until uh, the center of town at that point was Chinatown. Mm-hmm. So it went to like kind of just like the center of all of that. So they were able to avoid traffic. They were able to get deliveries to the basement of bars, which is perfect because that's where they needed to be. Right. That's it's, it's clever. Yeah. It was all built by Chinese workers in the 1900s. And like I said, that's when Chinatown was kind of like the center of, of town. And um, it, it was, it, that's, that's what it was for. But of course, we can never have anything nice and convenient. Of course not. not, not especially not a dark <laughs> tunnel. No, you can never have dark, weaving, winding, creepy tunnels. It can never, it can just, we never have anything nice. Um, so even though, you know, it was, it was a small town, because of those ports that it had, there was a lot of ships coming in, which meant there was a lot of um, just seamen around. Of course. And they would come. They would have their short free time here. So some of them would sit there and enjoy the bars and the restaurant and the women and on all that that were around. It was great for them. Well, some of them decided to jump ship because they were like, yeah, I do not want to die. Uh, ship life is not for me. Goodbye. So this actually became a really big problem. There was a lot of people jumping ship and they had a hard time filling the positions of those people. So much so that they started to kidnap able-bodied men. And the Chinese uh, ended up naming this the Sh- you know, Shanghai. They'd be Shanghai'd. That'd be, you know, kidnapping. That's where the term comes That's from. That's where the term comes from, the Shanghai tunnels. So uh, what they would do is the captains would hire Shanghaiers to Shanghai 
<laughs> some able-bodied men and how they would do that is they would basically find their victim, follow their victim around, and then when they were good and drunk, kidnap them, take them to the tunnels, knock them out, and drag them to the ship. That does not sound like a good time. No, it does not. By the time they woke up, they were usually out to sea and it was too late. And they would end up working so that they could eat. If they did not work, they did not get to eat. You got to do what you got to do to survive, right? I mean, you really do. Whatever it takes. Especially back in those times, man. At, at that point, anything could kill you. So, yeah. Right. A couple of men were able to get away. Get away, And because of that... Uh, men kind of started to be a little bit more cautious. They were their warnings were being sent out, and yeah, it, it kind of it didn't stop it, but it slowed it down. Mm -hmm. So of course, now they needed the Shanghaiers needed to make money another way. So what do they do? We kidnap the women, we sell them in the trade. Always the next thing that happens. <laughs> it really is. So uh, yeah, so what would happen is a woman could just be standing at a certain place in a bar or something and literally the floor would just drop out from underneath her. Mm. And there were these cages that were set up underneath these traps. So the women would fall directly into cages and that there is where they would wait until they had a buyer. Um, it was also used for gang activity, clearly, you know, had to. Uh, <laughs> of course. Uh, you know, gangs would, would hide things down there. They would take their victims down there and... Uh, give them a good whack, eh, Paulie? Yeah, sure, give them a good whack or good death and just kind of leave them down there to We're ride. going to make them swim with the fishes. They would abandon anyone who just kind of pissed them off in their gang and or otherwise... Uh, would be left down in the tunnels and some would be left just for a few days to wander and others would be left there to die. And the thing is, if you did not have a light, these tunnels were pitch black. They had a lot of twists and a lot of turns to them. So it was just very... If you didn't know the tunnels, you were dead. Yeah, just like the catacombs. Just like the catacombs. This is literally the United States catacombs right here. So, um, yeah, we it, it was just kind of in general a very terrible place. Yeah, I I'm I'm good on checking it out. I mean, when I lived there, I didn't bother to check it out. It was also used as a uh, place to hide liquor and other stuff during prohibition, and the cops were rarely able to actually find the. That is uh, the least shocking thing you've told me. <laughs> I mean, if I was trying to hide an illegal I, substance, I, that would probably be the best. Bet, you know? You know, when I came up when that came up in my research, I was just like, Well, that's not surprising. But yeah, so yeah, and apparently the cops could rarely find anything down there because of how vast these tunnels were. And sometimes occasionally they would get lost. I mean, I wouldn't want to look for it. I mean as someone who is uh well, you know like prohibition, a lot of people weren't really for it, you know? Yeah. So if I was a police officer, and I'm sure many police officers felt that way. I'm not trying to apprehend them. Oh, oh I'm probably no. going to their speakeasies. Oh no! Oh yeah, let's let's bring it on. Let let's go. I'm I'm going there. Uh, yeah, and it was it was interesting too because like those tunnels would be used to hide the like elite. Uh, you know, they'd be drinking and whatnot, and they'd be like, "Oh, the cops are coming, man! Everyone hide in the tunnels." <laughs> it's the five O. It's the five O. <laughs> going go. to the catacombs. 
Um, so yeah, there was there was a lot of stuff, and I'm I'm sure that some of those people got lost down there too and died. Um, there is a couple of stories, of course, because of all of this. So one thing that it's commonly said is if you go into these entrances, and most of them are in the basement of these old like establishments, you get just kind of a general, really uncomfortable, not good feeling. You feel unwelcome. You feel like someone's watching you. You feel just general ooky spooky goosebump stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a couple like notable ghosts. One of them who is a notable mention in my book is this prostitute, forced prostitute, might I add, named Nina. And uh, obviously Nina was kidnapped and put into the trade and became a forced prostitute. And there were some missionaries who were encouraging her to tell them who like kidnapped her and were trying to help her escape and she decided to trust them and she told them all this information and before they could get to her to help her she was murdered that's that's a shame it was very sad uh she was thrown down an elevator shaft at the merchant's hotel actually so the merchant's hotel is now gone but in its place is the old town pizzeria. And that is where she is said to haunt. Could you imagine going there to like eat your pizza and this like woman in white or black just kind of appears on the balcony? No, because I'm trying to enjoy a tasty treat, which is pizza. <laughs> She's said to appear in white or black on a balcony. And it's said that you can just smell the aroma of her perfume. And then shortly after, you just see like, a shadowy figure. You're stuffing your face with pizza. There's probably like cheese going down the side of your mouth and you're just like <laughs> just glaring up at this lady that's just sitting there. You're just like Could mm. you imagine glaring up at this lady like in black or in black or white? What would be worse? No. Seeing her in black or seeing her in white? I feel like white's the trope. I mean, it's a bit of a cliche, so I guess maybe black. I feel like black would know, be like creepy. Yeah. So you uh, see her just standing there on the balcony in black, and then all of a sudden you get a whiff of her perfume. And then in the next second, you realize that there's a tall, shadowy figure just standing right over you. I'm good. Yeah, so that is uh, that is Nina. Do not mess with Nina. Um, she's probably really pissed off. Uh, I can't blame her. She's also said to like move objects and chairs around and stuff like that. And uh, yeah. She's just doing what she can right now, and she's just she's just there, and I feel bad for her. I feel bad for her, too. I mean, that's just not a way you want to live your life. Is it technically living your life when you're just a ghost? Your afterlife. I guess so. I mean, would you really want to be stuck in an old pizzeria? I mean, I feel like I'd have nothing better to do. I would be devastated if I got stuck <laughs> in a pizzeria. God. I'd be around so much gluten. Yeah, but would that really affect you? You don't really have an immune system. I don't system. care. I wouldn't want to spend my afterlife with my enemy. I get that. I wouldn't either. <laughs> That's just, I don't want to fraternize with the enemy like that. You fraternize with the it's enemy. It's probably like what killed me. I got some flour in my food one day or something. It's still possible. It was the it was the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Damn. <laughs> So employees and customers of a couple of establishments have, there was no like specific establishment name when I read this particular story, Mm -hmm. 
But apparently some customers and some employees have seen like one ghost up to just like a group of ghosts kind of just come up from the basement. Just one guy, sometimes five guys, sometimes like a hundred guys. And they, <laughs> they'd come up from the basement and they were either almost like human in shape or some of them would just like come to like the entrance and just kind of like glare up at you. Just, just glare up looking at you. All right, there's a story about a ship who had a hundred uh, Shanghai men chained together on their ship. And uh, this ship sank. It crashed and it sank. And there's a story that says that on the anniversary of their death, by the entrance of the tunnels nearest the water, they're said to see a hundred ghost men chained together rushing the, like just rushing the entrance to try and break free this poor guy's caught in the loop yeah so that's that's kind of the stories of the shanghai tunnels it's obviously there's also a lot of like sites of ghostly figures there's a lot of ghost voices a lot screams, going on with it you know just a lot of different types of energies there's a lot of history to it it was a lot of fun to like research it was a little hard to keep up with to be honest with you because there was so much information on it and there were so many stories could have dedicated the whole episode to it really you really could have so you know if you guys out there if you guys out there want to see a really interesting story see some interesting things hear some interesting things read some stuff i, I really suggest looking into this cuz this was a really fun one yeah it's a good idea yeah well I have a story of my own, but unfortunately, I don't think I could follow that one. <laughs> yeah, that one really was a lot. That was a lot. But uh, I have Lithia Park, which is named after the high lithium levels that were found in the local streams. The first building of Ashland was a flour mill built in the 1850s, which is where Lithia Park now resides. It's notable that a spirit of a woman who was supposedly murdered is said to be seen wandering the park, screaming for help in attire, you know... Around the 1800s, you know, that kind of attire. Because yeah. what kind yeah. of ghost isn't really dressed like that, I guess. Very uh, pioneer times. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, very pioneer times. Yeah, very pioneer times. Probably someone that I met while playing Oregon Trail back in the day. Yeah, probably. Exactly. <laughs> the ghost of a, There's also a ghost of a lumberjack who died from falling logs, and he's still seen by some, actually. But the funny thing is, he's always displaying a very kind energy, which is nice. A friendly lumberjack. I, can I dig mean, it. it's it's better than like walking into this beautiful forest and seeing just this dark, tall lumberjack of a man mm -hmm. holding like an axe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd rather just see like a very friendly one. I would too. And, and you know me, I, I'm very like lumbersexual as they call it you are like, very lumbersexual i like my beard my flannel my beanies and you know what i wave to people i feel them. you you know i feel like this lumberjack if like if you were a ghost like i feel like this is the type of energy you would exert you would exert kind lumberjack energy i would i would protect people i could definitely see you in a like forest as a ghost in your like red flannel holding mm -hmm. an a I could it, it's you it's me I found my ghost soulmate you're you know what this isn't a ghost you're just astro projecting astro projecting all right <laughs> there's also reports of light anomalies and a blue mist which was seen by one group who were driving and drove through it actually all of them were literally chilled to the bone so ghost mists. That's that's just a fine addition to this park. Ghost mist. 
Oh my god. Do, 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 I would do, hate do, that. You know, it's just every time I drive through fog now, I'm going to question it. I mean, yeah, fog? it could be just like, you know, a party of ghosts. You and know? you know, like so when where we are, there's a lot of cornfields. And mist, because we're near like those swamps and marshes. Exactly. There's this one area where like if you go at a certain time during like the fall and winter, it is literally one part of the street, you'll be in the stop sign, right? You'll set you'll be at the stoplight and you'll be in like this completely clear section. Mm-hmm. And you can actually see this thick wall of fog. No. Just in one area. And you have to go into that. I used to have to drive through that to get to work. Fun fact, I'm not the biggest fan of fog. I'm not either, to That's be honest. That's when you see like the the a dude hitchhiking with like a hook for a hand, like in the middle of the fog. See, here's the thing that I don't like about it. This particular area is also known for deer. Oh yeah, they'll jump out at you. I'm not doing deer is already bad enough. I will see deer on like the side of the street. My I'm slowing down. Deer in fog? No. No. Well, I wasn't lying when I said I couldn't follow the Shanghai one. So what's your story? Well, this next one, you know, we kind of did this next one together. It was a little bit of a combo one, you know, kind of mm-hmm. like a big, uh, it, it was it was a full thing. So I'm starting off with the Pioneer Cemetery in Eugene, Oregon. It's one of the oldest cemeteries in Oregon, and it is also one of the largest. Uh, it is 16 acres, and it has approximately 5,000 graves and, you know, Wonderful. So there's bound to be some stuff in here. So uh, it was it was founded in about 1872, and it would be added to the National Registry of the his, of Historic Places in 1977 after it went through some drama with uh, the University of Oregon. Actually, hmm, foreshadowing. Yes. Oh, I wonder. I wonder what we could possibly be talking about next. So, to be completely honest, uh, the Stories kind of surrounding the actual cemetery are very uh, cliche, very um It, it comes, generalized. it's like a package deal with cemeteries. Yeah, you know? but there were a few golden gems that I just had to throw in there. Okay, so, you know, think very stereotypical graveyard. There's voices, you see a girl in a white dress walking through some ghostly figures and you're sitting there, and um, all of a sudden, a man playing the bagpipes. Hmm. <laughs> playing up. Amazing Grace, I bet. Exactly. Just sitting there, just gloriously playing this bagpipes, this beautiful song, right? And then he just slowly vanishes into the air. Bagpipe man. <laughs> I, just, I love that guy. Uh, there's also a woman. <laughs> there's also a woman who remembers a legend that on a certain time and date there there is no specific certain time and date mentioned it is just there's a certain time and a certain date a rumor of the rumors a rumor of the rumor sometime in in the year this happens where um the statues would and this is a quote and i quote wake up walk around talk to each other hang out and stuff was this some millennial hang out and stuff <laughs> That's my favorite ghost story out of all of this. It's the statues coming alive. It's just, you know, hang out and stuff. You know, here's my thing. 
I don't think that person was entirely sober. Uh, it doesn't sound. I think that right. person maybe lives a little bit of a hippie lifestyle. They're probably just like, yeah, I just took some. I, acid. I don't be... know what they have to do with it. <laughs> I was gonna say smoking the ganja. The ganja. The ganja is my up. Uh, Mother would Doesn't say, actually, that's Smokers not my mother. Are jokers. That was that was my father. My father would say that smoking the ganja. Damn. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as I said before, like, so a lot of these stories um, come from university students because what they like to do is they like to just use the graveyard to cut through in the middle of the night. I don't know why anyone would do this. I would never do this. Um, so yeah, they would just kind of walk through and they hear, yeah, like I said, general voices, there's a woman in white, some say that it's a wedding dress, some say that it's just a white dress wandering around, there's voices heard, uh, there are bagpipes being played, Mm. there is a choir singing, there is just, God is literally floating down from the cemetery, there's everything. There's everything from the cemetery. Statues are hanging out and stuff. (laughs) I love it, I love it. Well, I think that's a good segue into the University of Oregon, which was my next one. That oh we my gosh, wait, tandem. really? Was it? I know that is who such could have a foreshadowed shock. this. I, you know, I didn't even. I didn't either. Couldn't. Well, in 1859, Congress required the founders of Oregon to establish a public university, which was normal at the time. The people of Oregon weren't more concerned with trying until like the 1870s, when a, when Judge Joshua Walton was able to convince the residents to build one. Probably like you know. A prestige angle. The University of Oregon was formally established in July 20th, 1876, after the first building, the Deddy Hall. That is what it's called. That's a really interesting name. That is an interesting name. That's not foreshadowing either. (laughs) Deddy. Deddy? Mm -hmm. Just Deddy. Well, when that was finished. At least three times during the expansion of the university, bills were introduced to the Oregon State Legislature that they would allow the university to condemn cemeteries nearby, remove graves, and build on the land. You know, probably not the best idea. The last attempt that was that happened was in 1963. All bills for that one luckily died in committee. So just to be clear, what they wanted to do was condemn the property, completely take the graveyard out, remove the bodies, just basically clear a path, right? Right, for the kids. That's right. <laughs> That's rude. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't... <clears throat> if I was buried there, I'd be like, come on, man, I was sleeping. Rude. Well, not all ghosts are necessarily from the cemetery or really human at all, but there are ghost stories of residents at Hamilton Hall being awoken to barking at 4.30 a.m. by Stephen. Stephen! Stephen the dog. Stephen! Which is the resident ghost dog. Stephen wanders around Hamilton Hall, taunting students... With the smell of wet dog. Oh, Stephen, no. <laughs> and the sound of Paul's wandering around can be heard. Residents have also seen Paul Prince, just phantom Paul Prince, just around. Stephen. Stephen. I, I mean, at that point, he's making me your mascot. Yeah, right. This is a school, isn't it? <laughs> he's the dorm mascot. I guess so. Okay. So this isn't a ghost thing, but it's too funny not to tell you. So apparently there is a cult at the university, the squirrel cult, (laughs) a very secretive cult that loves squirrels so much that they worship them. Oh, no. They even perform rituals. These rituals apparently turn these squirrels evil and actually kind of violent. What? Yeah. (laughs) They threw nuts and other things at the students, and some have even said to have seen normal looking squirrels, 
normal except for the fact that they have, you know, red eyes. I need to join this cult. I feel like you would join the cult. <laughs> I want a squirrel army. Are you I'm, kidding me? I'm good on the squirrel. Well, I mean, a personal army would be pretty cool. I was going to say, don't tell me you're good on the squirrel army. A squirrel army would kick ass. I went to school in West Virginia. We would have just shot them. I Do you know how many squirrels are in this neighborhood? We live so close to so many different forests. Well, learn the cult secrets, and now it's going to be yours. I'm going to learn these cult secrets. Oh, God. Moving on. The D-Wing on the second floor of Carson Hall are also dealing with what sounds like an annoying ghost. They will hear people going... In and out of the bathroom while no one is there, and the automatic paper dispenser goes off all while no one is there. They also wake up to bruises on their legs there. See, that's when I get the dorm transfer. Here's the problem. Move off campus if I have to. Here's the problem. As somebody who just really randomly gets bruises. Yep. And bruises badly very easily. Yep. I can't say that's ghost related. I mean, it could be. Let's say if it's like... I don't know, claw marks or something, then you would be concerned. Okay, claw marks are different. Actually, I probably probably blame one of the cats. Right. What if it's like, no, like demon shape, you know, it's like big. Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah, I'm freaking out. Couldn't possibly be our sweet cat's claws. Oh, yeah. No, no, then then I'm freaking out. Freaking out. (laughs) There is a man who has been said to be seen in the basement of Deddy Hall, of course. Where else would you hang out if you're a ghost? There's a lot happening at Deddy Hall. Oh, yeah. It's the oldest building in the university, by the way. Oh. In 1877, a report came about when Professor Thomas Condon found a well-preserved body who would later be identified as A. Oakley Hall, a New Yorker who went missing. Nothing more is known about him. Very little details have no. come out, too. No. That's like an unsolved mystery. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> oh, just a random dead body. I think okay. I would have to go and work at a different university or somewhere else and just not there if I found a preserved body. He must have been like a worker or a construction worker helping build in the university and they just forgot about him. They just forgot about him. What if he was murdered by one of the workers and they put him in the walls? No, absolutely not. I'm not okay with that. I neither am I, but you know, here we are. Here we are having to read this and hear about it and have this in our lives now. Well, honey, I think that is the perfect note to end today's episode on. I think it is too. An unsolved mystery of Oregon. So tell us, guys, what did you think of our episode? Is it spooky ghost? Is it just a bunch of drunk teenagers? Mm-hmm. All we know is don't go into Diddy Hall. That that shit sounds like it's gonna just kill you. Yeah, Diddy Hall is just. I mean, they have dead on it. Yeah, so just have a good night, guys. Have a great night, guys. Thanks for listening. This has been The Haunting Podcast. You can check out our website at thehauntingpodcast.com for show notes and other extras. Thank you for listening, and have a good night.